because I cut off his legs and his arms and his head. And I'm gonna do the same to you. You got the knife. You'll stick me with it before I can do anything. That's right. So what have you got to lose? Stop me. Keep driving. I'll do anything. Say four words. Okay. Say one last. I don't want to die! This is Jim Halsey. You gotta listen to me, Captain. I swear, I didn't kill those people. I got set up and frayed by this guy I picked up hitchhiking. <clears throat> How do you like Shitsville? Don't you move. You stay seated right where you are, or I'll blow your brains through your ass. The guy is empty. Yeah? Yeah? You never checked it, did you? So help me, I'll blow you in half. Hi, this is Russell Todd from Chopping Mall. He knows you're alone in Friday the 13th Part 2, and you're listening to The Hysteria Continues. And indeed you are. Welcome back to The Hysteria Continues, episode 143. Uh, This time we're going to be thumbing a ride with The Hitcher. Um, Another listener pick, uh, which was chosen by Joseph. Do you remember whose pick this was, Joseph? Yes, I believe it was Matt Taff. Matt Taff. Okay, well, we finally got around to your choice, Matt. So uh, Joseph's going to be bringing us in on that uh, a little bit later. But how are you, Joseph? I'm quite well. How about yourself? Oh, oh, I'm not too bad. We may be having some Skype issues, so um, hold on to your hats. We're hoping not for a Bloody Moon escapade this time, but who knows? It may be a cracker, cracker. Um, but um, let's see. Cracker, cracker, we... classic is classic. The word you're that's the one. For. Yes. Yeah. Well, how are you doing, Eric? Well, I'm, I was doing fine. Then I heard that little uh, montage at the start, which included a certain item that I didn't approve of. So now I'm not good. How did that get in there? I yeah, I wonder. I wonder. Yes, I wonder, Joseph. Yeah, I wonder how that got in there. I don't remember that line of dialogue being in the Hitcher. <laughs> oh, oh Eric. it's the crutcher. <laughs> and uh, Nathan, how are you? I'm okay. Good. Well, it's good to have you back. Um, obviously, we missed you last time when we were... How did your toilet training go? Mm. Uh, it went very well. I'm, I'm learning slowly but surely. That's good. Okay. You want to solids now? <laughs> yeah, I'm getting there. Okay. Well, that's good. So, um, so yeah, the gang is all back together, uh, Skype uh, willing. Um, we'll be talking about the hitch uh, shortly. Um, but before we do that, uh, let's talk about what we've been watching recently. It's only been a week since we recorded because we're, we're basically front-loading some episodes um, for the summer holidays so we don't leave you guys in the lurch. Um, so uh, so it's only been a week since we recorded, but we obviously didn't speak to you last time, Nathan. So um, uh, did you want to give us your tuppence on um, All the Colours of the Dark? Did you watch it in the end? did watch it. Um, and I was actually surprised that there wasn't a review for this on the Hysteria Lives. I was I was going to look it up before I listened to the episode and see what your first thoughts were, and then I was going to listen to your second thoughts, but you actually didn't have a review for this one. Hmm. Um, That's just laziness, it is, really, isn't it? it, is just, it I mean, is it is Sergio laziness. Martino, Justin. Yeah, Justin, what's that about? Well, as you know, it was not my favourite Sergio Martino um, in Jalo, so maybe that's possibly part of the reason. 
Well, I have to say that, you know, um, I, I didn't dislike it at all, and, and I definitely would rate it above average, but I would rate most um, giallos above average because I think they're very classy. Mm. Even eyeball is kind of classy in a way. Uh, um, yeah, sure. <laughs> well, you know, and, and, and it's a foreign country, and uh, I think everything in foreign countries is classy. Um, have you been to Dublin? So... Yeah, I'm not even going no. to argue with that one. Have you been to Dublin? Seriously. No, but I've watched, uh, you know, I watched, um, you know, like it's a documentary and it showed stuff from Ireland and it was all really nice and like beautiful, like scenery and stuff. Yeah, that's anywhere, that's everywhere outside of Dublin. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but I mean, as far as all the colors of the dark goes, I mean, it's it's definitely, uh, you know, it, it definitely doesn't hold up to something like torso for me. Because, I mean, I love Torso. It's actually my favorite Jello of all time. Mm. Um, and, and this one is, um, you know, it's not bad. It has a, a, a fun, like, weird opening sequence that I liked. And I liked the little um, uh, sequence on the stairwell. Uh, I thought that was good. Um, but for me, I think that there were just times when I felt like the movie just kind of dragged as far as the pacing goes. I was just starting to feel like... You know, okay, I'm ready to get to a murder or something. Um, but I do love the lead actress. I'm not even going to try to say her name because I won't say it right. I was going to, you know, I mean, how do you Ed, pronounce her Ed, name? Edwiggy Fenech. Isn't that right, oh, Justin? Okay. No. Because I was it's saying Fenech. Fenech. Yes, I know. Yeah, it's Fenech. Oh, it's Fenech. Edwige. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So it's Edwiggy Fenech. No, it's Edwidge. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Um, but no, I really like her. I loved her in Strip Nude for Your Killer. Um, it's a great movie. <laughs> it has a, a rude title, movie, by the way. But it's it's actually very telling though that I'm spending most of my time talking about other movies that I liked better. But, Richard, I mean, like I said, Richard. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't dislike all the colors of the dark. I just <laughs> it's not something Jay. I watch. Let me just say that I probably wouldn't rewatch it for for a long time. Um, you know, it's 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 no case of the bloody iris, if you what will. Is? There's mm. no scene where a girl jumps out of the tub screaming, "I'm a murderer! I'm a murderer!" and then some guy slaps her in the face. Every movie should have that scene. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Especially <laughs> <And> Transformers. Then... <laughs> that would work. But, I mean, that's, that's pretty much my thoughts on it. I mean, to be honest, it was just kind of hard for me to keep my attention. I guess I was, you know, distracted. Okay, okay. Well, yeah, enough. I think we all had the same response. Mm. Oh, did y'all? I haven't listened to the episodes, oh, so nice. I didn't know what y'all thought about it. I think poor, uh, who was the guy I was on last time? Justin, Justin Kosh. Kosh. I think, yeah. I think he was the only one who genuinely enjoyed it, and the rest of us were like, eh. Yeah. We were all like, yeah. it's okay, but, yeah. That, that, uh, then I guess I would be on y'all's side on that one. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's my uh, tokens on our last film that I wasn't able to be here for, thanks to work. Okay, well, thank you. Anything Anything else you've seen of note? I watched Easter Sunday. It's a new oh, movie. Oh, I've been um, waiting to hear about this one. Um. Let me just say, I 
have nothing but respect for someone that gets a movie made on very low budget or even no budget because I know how difficult that is. So kudos to the filmmakers for getting their film made. So there you go. Okay. How diplomatic of you, Nathan. Yes. Let me just say that the one word I would use to describe this movie from most of it is obnoxious. Um, and I mean, there's a scene where a guy's like so scared when he's about to die and then like, you know, he like, uh, craps himself or, or something or farts or something. And the killer's like, did you just fart on my property? Here's what I do to those who fart on my property or something like that. I mean, it, it was just, like it's just absurd. Humor. <laughs> Oh, Eric! I think I think you uh, the lady got to protest too much. Pot it's just Black absurd. And, and I've seen the filmmakers say stuff about you know um, they're fans of '80s horror movies, and the effects are great. They did a great job with the special effects. You know, I mean that that was that was a shining part of the film. But it's it's just that a lot of people are making these throwback movies. You know, saying it's an homage to the '80s, but their their movie is filled with like over the top, you know, I guess quote unquote toilet humor, or um, you know, just really obnoxious characters that you just you know find kind of grating. Um, so, and to me, I'm like, I just don't think think the '80s movies were like that. I mean, I don't. I mean, yeah, we had like. When it's like over the top obnoxious to where you're like, oh my god, like I couldn't spend five minutes with this person. Why am I spending an hour and a half with them? Hmm. So I mean, I mean, I'm sure you guys kind of know what I mean on that one. I mean, but like I said, I, I don't like to buy somebody else's work because I've made a movie. It wasn't that great, but it was a lot of hard work. So take that for what you will. You should work for the UN. Nathan, your diplomacy. Yeah. But I take it, uh, Joseph, you've not seen Easter Sunday yet. He's seen the first 10 minutes Mm. that you watched. I have. They posted posted a clip on. I don't don't even remember watching that. And I honestly, I have no interest. From what I saw the trailer, and I I think I may have saw like a two minute clip, but like Nathan said, it's like they're obviously saying. Hey, I'm. We're referencing the '80s, but I don't remember the '80s ever being so, you know, uh, try, trying to go out of their way to be obnoxious as possible. So, you know. Fair enough. Okay. Well, thank you, Nathan. Is anything anything else? Um. No. No. I, I don't think there is. I mean, I, actually, there probably is, but I just cannot remember right offhand if I've seen anything else. Um. Oh, I died. Uh, I don't remember if I talked the last time or not about Swamp Ape. Do, do you guys remember if I mentioned Swamp Ape because it was fun? I don't think so, no. No, I don't remember. No. Oh, okay, so Swamp Ape is about these, uh, uh, these like, I guess, quote-unquote teenagers um, that go into the woods and encounter this Swamp Ape, which is really just a guy in a gorilla suit. And uh, he just starts killing, you know, everybody off, but... It's actually a no-budget movie that is a lot of fun. I mean, it's it's so over-the-top and ridiculous, and I don't know. It, it doesn't take itself seriously at all. It's not trying to be anything other than a stupid movie. I don't know that Eric would like it, but 
I would like it because mm. I did. <laughs> I just know that Eric doesn't really like a lot of comedy in, in his horror. No. That depends. If it's Evil Dead, yes. If it's, um, I'm trying to think of a bad example now, but I can't think of one off the top of my head, obviously. Uh, did you like student bodies? No. Okay. And I didn't like uh, National Lampoon's class reunion. I thought it was hideous. Yeah. Hideous. Hideous, indeed. Mm. Okay. Well, I've not seen And scary movies. Mm. Scary movie um, series I didn't like either. So. Uh, I like the first one, but I'm not a huge fan of the other ones. But anyway, yeah, that's uh, about all that I have seen um, that I can think of recently. It's been kind of a slow horror movie time for me. I need to make up for that. Okay, okay. Well, thank you, Nathan, and it's good to have you back. Uh, Eric, how about you? What have you been watching? Okay, well, well um, this isn't horror, but it, it, I was watching last night. Oh, hello, cat. Um, are you going to flush the toilet? <laughs> Um, I was watching a film called Treasure of the Four Crowns. It's on a, a, a four-movie action-adventure marathon box set that Shout Factory brought out in 2014. Um, this is directed by Ferdinando Baldi and starring Tony Anthony, and they're the same team that brought out 1981's Coming At You, which was a 3D Western. And uh, this was their follow-up in 1982, which was a kind of a 3D Raiders of the Lost uh, cash-in. And sort of Tony Anthony plays this uh, Indiana Jones-type treasure hunter who has to retrieve the treasure of the title and you know he has to get through a heavily guarded fortress to retrieve it blah 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 but the thing is there's just lots of booby traps everywhere he goes so things are flying out of the screen now unfortunately i'm watching it in a flat 2d version um and it's not it, the, the quality of it it looks like a vhs transfer which the dvd the force dvd um box set cost five dollars and um, because the print quality is not very good however you can, despite the lack of clarity you can still see the strings on everything it's it so low rent it's hilarious but uh, i can imagine that um seeing this in 3d would be amazing be you know 30 seconds don't go by without something flying out of the screen and it's, it is actually you now this event will have been and gone by the time our podcast is is uh, published but there's an event in philadelphia tomorrow um where they're showing this in 3d along with with friday the 13th part three and rottweiler it's um uh, exhumed films for organizing that and that is an event i would definitely go to treasure of the four crowns is absolute rubbish it's it it has no plot but it has this sort of strange early 80s ethereal quality that a lot of these 3d movies movies have like parasite and that where you can tell that they're not focusing so much on the script but uh, on, on how many things they can fling at the audience and that's the type of 3d movie i would want to see um so even in 2d it has its charm i wouldn't recommend it though but uh, um it, it's a curiosity more than an essential viewing i would say cool i've not seen i've not seen that but it'd be fun to watch that in 3d i mean incidentally yeah. when i went to um we bought my new TV. They they've stopped making three D TVs now, haven't they? Yeah, they have. Yeah. Mm. So I think the um, that's kind of probably the death now, really, isn't it, of three D stuff coming out on on and Blu-ray. Blu-ray and stuff. Yeah. Because so, if you can't mm, watch mm. it, I mean, I know you can get the um, my projector does three D, but uh, I asked uh, when we bought TV, and they said no, they you don't you have to buy an older version. They don't they're just not using three D mm. anymore. So so it's you know still a hold out hope that we get films like silent madness and um but, but you were saying that you, you got jaws 3d on yes. blu-ray when it yeah. came out last year yeah but, that's right but weren't you saying the effect the effects were kind of hit and miss on 
Yeah, but I think they probably hit or miss at the cinema. I don't think they're. I just, oh, really? Okay. Yeah. They're not very good special effects, especially the um, the the very end scene where the the jaws, the uh, jaw bones fly out the screen. It's kind of what? it's got that kind of weird. Everything looks like it's kind of um, uh, it's like someone's got a stick with with a bit of um, cardboard jaws on the end and poking it out. Um, and but it, but does it come off the screen? Who are misses? Um, what uh, or does it does, does it look like a kind of a double limb? Like you're not pro- pro- getting the effect properly. Yeah, well, it's kind of. I think it's a little bit headache-inducing. But I remember yeah. I did to see Jaws 3D at the cinema when it came out in 3D, and I mean I, that was obviously a long, long time ago. So I don't really remember how good the special effects were. But when I saw Friday Thirteenth Part Three 3D at the BFI um, about ten years ago, then that was that was very impressive. But that was on a big, big screen. Whether or not it worked, because mm. I saw Friday Thirteenth Part Three 3D on D- DVD when they did the blue and red glasses yeah. and that was pretty rubbish but the actual rubbish, yeah. but the actual kind of um uh, kind of uh, you know kind of um dark gloss whatever it's called the silver screen version is kind of um, it was very impressive um so it, i that would be nice but i haven't seen as amateurville 3d um is not out uh, in this country is it i don't think on blu-ray it's out no uh, shout, shout factory bought out a proper 3d blu-ray of it in the states mm, but, but again people are saying it's kind of hit and miss the the effects whether they they work or not because so. mm, i don't have a i don't have a multi-region uh sort of uh, 3d uh, blu-ray yeah because i can only play um 3d blu-rays through the playstation which is going to mm. region lock so uh but uh yes but um mm. well thank you eric okay so, well so just yeah. one other thing and it ties in with the playstation uh on my Xbox, I have uh, downloaded the. This is legally, I have downloaded, I should say, the Thirteenth Computer Game, which came out recently. Now, I, I spent forty euros on it, and then discovered that um, it's a multiplayer only at the moment. I think they're bringing in a single player mode later in the summer, so uh, I didn't have Xbox Live, which is what you needed to uh, to play it online. Um, because that's the only way you can play it at the moment is is online, and it, it can take ages to set up a game. You could be sitting there waiting for twenty minutes for players to join, which is a bit of a nuisance. And then once you start playing it, um, because I'm still a beginner, I've played it about five times now. I just haven't a clue what I'm doing, and I'd like a single player mode to sort of get to grips with the controls and all that. But because I usually sort of I'm surviving about two minutes, and then somebody comes along and chops my head off. Uh, it does look like it could be a lot of fun though, but I would like to sort of uh, just delve into it a bit more. Graphics are quite good. Um, Gameplay is, it has three locations from the first three movies. And uh, once you uh, progress through the levels, you can pick different types of Jason. You can pick Jason from part two, part three, part four, or Jason X. Um, I think there's a specially designed Tom Savini Jason you can choose as well. Um, So it looks like it could be quite good. Um, I do need a single player mode, though, because I'm not a proper gamer. And I'm just, I think uh, these 12-year-old kids are coming along and taking great um, joy in chopping my head off, you know, after 60 seconds. So I think that that's the kind of common thing I've heard from people saying they're playing it, that you've just got these annoying British kind of tweens turning up and killing people just for the sake of it. Yeah. and also because I've got a PlayStation Four, which has got the worst, uh, the worst kind of um, connective to the internet in the world, mm. um, even when my internet's working properly. So I think they would absolutely be hopeless and uh, being able to yeah. play that over over any kind of network. So yeah, but the, they are bringing a, a single player version out later in the summer, they said. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, but as a multiplayer, as an online experience for me, it's not great. If you're an experienced gamer, maybe I mean, you might get more out of it, but. It does look like it has the potential to be good fun. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll wait until the multi, uh, single player comes out. So, uh, mm. cool. Okay, um, thank you, Eric. Uh, Joseph, how about you? What have you been watching? 
Oh, my goodness. Wow. <laughs> Who is that? That's what I... This is Stripes, and I'm trying to pet her because she keeps, like, pawing at my hand, but then when I stop, she meows. Mm. Well, that's okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I will mute while y'all are talking. That way she won't keep me up. But she's already muting. Uh, is that your joke of the week? No. I've, I do have a joke of the week, though, so stay tuned, folks. <gasps> Actually, just talking, just a little yeah. aside, talking about cats. <laughs> anyway. Talking about cats, sorry. Just a little aside, talking about cats. Is um, We've got some friends who've just gone away on holiday and we were feeding their cats this morning, but one of their, someone else is feeding them accidentally overdosed one of the cats on their anal glands medicine. Um, oh, so they've they had to go to the vets because um, they OD'd on anal gland medicine. So I was wondering when that happened to you, Eric. How, how did you get over it? I don't even know what anal gland medicine would do. I think it's anti-inflammatory. All right. Well, it would make your anus shrink, probably. Yes. Then, if well, you had too much of it. I, yes, I, but I think I think the cat's okay. But uh, anyway, just kind of reminded me of that. So sorry, Joseph. From talking about anal glands. Um, my bottom's okay. Yeah. yeah Speaking well, of anal glands, Joseph. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Eric. Um, I actually watched a couple things this week. I watched uh, I Am Not a Serial Killer. I think I'd spoken about this a while back, but I only watched the first, like, ten minutes and got distracted. But I watched the whole movie. Um, I, I enjoyed it. It's kind of like a, an indie version of Dexter about this kid who uh, has these serial killer urges. And to suppress them, he just basically uses what he knows about serial killers to uh, hunt down this one serial killer who's in the town to figure out who. who, uh, So I won't spoil who the serial killer is or why he's killing or anything like that, but it's a pretty, pretty effective little kind of indie drama with kind of some graphic murders thrown in here and there. Um, It has a very, very weird. What the fuck ending. It's like, it's kind of, um, I'm trying not to spoil this here because it's a newer movie, but uh, it, it plays itself kind of dramatically and straight for the most part. And then at the very end, it just takes this very, very odd left turn. And I, I was just kind of sitting there like, okay. And I think it's based off of a book or a, a series of books. I could be wrong, but um, yeah, I mean, it, it's pretty good. I would recommend it. But, but uh, uh, if you've never read the book or if you've never read uh, just um, just know that it's going to take a turn, and you're not. I don't know if you're going to like that turn or not, but uh, I, I enjoyed it actually. It was fairly fun stuff. I've seen, yeah, I've, I've seen that one as well. Yeah, mm, and I have as well. Yeah. I think we did we did mention it, didn't we, on the podcast mm. a little while ago? But um, um, yeah, it's it's a good film, isn't it? It does take a like a a, a weird turn towards the end, but I I, I quite liked it. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I'm just gonna just gonna apologize uh, to listeners for the the Skype um, issues. There is a few is um, a bit of buffering going on. So when people come back in, it speeds them up. So everyone sounds a little bit like Minnie Mouse um, oh. for a couple of seconds. So <gasps> adds to the entertainment. So, st- so the start of each sentence should be slow, delivered yeah. in a slow so it'd be like, way. The last movie I watched was... I'll start doing that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the only thing I'm hearing is like just kind of like a delay. Like, like when I'm done talking, there's like a silence. But anyway... I'll move on. That's uh, usual. The other, yeah. The other movie I watched was the uh, Last Girl Standing, which you, you spoke about last uh, mm. on the last show. Mm. And did See, you there's watch? that delay. Yeah. Yes. 
<laughs> anyway, uh, Last Girl Standing. Um, I, I love the opening moments of this movie, but man, and the middle portion is so slow and just kind of forgettable. Um, and I think I said last time, like I, you know, just hearing the plot, I could determine how it was going to end, and I was right. Uh, it's pretty much dead on. on so I'm sitting there with a. Uh, just kind of, it's bookended by some two, you know, really great kind of slasher movie set pieces. But the middle is just very kind of, uh, kind of a chore to get through. So I'm sitting there just kind of waiting for it to get to the end point. And the whole time I'm like, yeah, this is how it's going to end. And I was right. So it's a kind of a just an idea for a great movie there. But it's just, I don't, I don't think it was executed very well. It's just too, too kind of all over the place with pacing and everything. Okay, because that's one that we—I I said I saw last time. I, I didn't mind the middle part because I—I'd read reviews saying it was it turns into a bit of an indie kind of mumblecore style sort of thing in the middle of it. Um, <clears throat> but I—I I actually thought it might have ended. That's what I got from it. Yeah, yeah. No, I—I I kind of—I um, thought it might end in a different way because I was wondering whether or not her friends were in fact some kind of cult who were kind of. Um, but I, yeah, I but I, I, it was quite it was quite effective the last. 20 minutes wasn't it as a slasher movie didn't you not think it's quite gory yeah no i mean i love the i love mm. the bookend scenes mm. like the opening and the and the you know the last few minutes where it's kind of all slasher and just it was like is i think we spoke about this last time it's just like trying not to look at your phone or mm. try not to do something else and i was really tempted to do that mm. but uh yeah so i can't re- really recommend it i can in the ending, but the middle portion is just kind of a, a slog, if I'm honest. Okay. Is the middle portion worth watching for the first and the ending? Like, is it worth uh, it overall? No, I wouldn't say that. Not in my opinion, I wouldn't say that. Hmm. Would you say that, Justin? Well, the middle, yeah, I think so. But it's kind of, it's not, it's, it's, say it's bookended by two kind of very kind of slasher-esque kind of um, sort of, uh, sort of scene or series of scenes. And the middle's kind of more of like a, an essay of someone like, um, you know, PSD, not PSD, P, post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD. Um, so, and like an indie version of that. So it's kind of like a, it's, I, yeah, I think if you know that going in, then you won't be disappointed. But it's, it's a little bit uneven. But I think that was the, that was the, the point of it. But I, I liked it well enough. So, um, okay, well, thank you. Thank you, Joseph. Um, I'll just talk a little bit about some of the films I've watched. I watched um, last night, I was home alone, so I finally got round to watching um, the Vinegar Syndrome uh, Blu-ray release of Demonoid with uh, Stuart, Stuart Whitman and Samantha Egger, um, and which was, it didn't disappoint. It was kind of completely trashy um, and a lot of fun. Um, and it was absolutely, I just couldn't, it's kind of, um, uh, you know, my hat's off to Samantha Egger and Stuart Whitman for keeping a straight face throughout that film because it, it was absolutely ridiculous, but in in lots of good ways. Um, I I had a vodka martini, so I'm trying to remember what the um, uh, which kind of helped. But I was trying to remember that the plot. I think if there is a plot, it's kind of Samantha Egger is on a dig with her husband, and they find some kind of in Mexico, and they find um, uh, they're they're kind of on in some mines, and they find some ancient burial site or ancient kind of um, kind of site where you see a flashback of a. A lady whose boobs fly out, having a hand chopped off uh, by people in hoods, and um, they they accidentally well they find this hidden chamber where where the um, there's this hand in a box which turns to sand, and uh, essentially this hand 
um, comes back to life um, and starts crawling after people a bit like the the um, I later wonder if this film inspired the um, uh, Oliver Stone uh, Michael Caine The Hand which I think was from 1981 wasn't it but it was very similar to that then you had this kind of hand which we've there's been lots of hands films with um, uh, you know, in disembodied hands crawling around. I think there's been. I'm trying to think. There was a. I think there was a hammer one, or a, maybe a um, amicus uh, one with sort of like a killer hand. And obviously, you've got the hand in Evil Dead Two and all of that. But anyway, this kind of hand goes around and starts killing people and possessing people. So um, people people have get possessed by the hand, and then the, the hand get chopped off and goes off looking for other victims. And all the while through this, Samantha Egger and um, Stuart Whitman are just kind of basically keeping a straight face and coming up the most ridiculous dialogue about the hand all the way through it. And things like, you know, fetch me the flamethrower, I've got to get the hand. And just it's, it's just it's just a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. It's really, really daft, very daft. But like in 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 a lot of ways, those kind of Mexican horror movies um, like uh, Grave Robbers and uh, Don't Panic and those kind of 80s Mexican horror movies are, you know, uh, have a certain energy to them, um, which is a frenetic energy, which is missing from many kind of um, kind of Northern American movies or English movies or, or other, other movies. It's, there is a certain uh, insanity to Mexican slash movies that you don't see elsewhere. So, yeah, I can, it's not a slash movie as such, but it was, um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, and I just thought... Samantha, neither is The Hitcher. Sorry, what's that? And neither is The Hitcher. More on that later. But it's not a lot of fun. No, it's not a slasher movie. No, 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 fair enough, yeah. But you've seen, I take it you've seen it, Eric. I have, yeah. I got the um, vinegar, vinegar Syndrome um, Blu-ray as well. Uh, yeah, it is. It, it, it's mental. And as you said, every time, I've watched it a few times, and every time it gets to the end credits, I'm like, what was the plot again? <laughs> it, it, it feels like there's chunks of it missing or something. It just has a real fever dream logic. Um, but it is a lot of fun. It's like... And Samantha Egger, after and this was shortly after she'd been in the Brood, where she had um, you know a far more uh, sort of serious role to to pull off, and then all of a sudden she, she finds herself running around after a disembodied hand with a flamethrower, and um, yeah, from one extreme to another. I do love the end scene where she's kind of like, well, it's not really spoiling anything because it's so incoherent, but the um, at the end, Samantha Egger sort of uh, thinks everything's okay, and then she looks in the sink. There's the hand, and it jumps, and she's she's running around holding this kind of rubber hand to her head. And sort of, um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, Nathan. I imagine this is a movie that you you cherish. I've never seen Demonoid. Oh my, oh my god! Goodness. Well, I I have like four copies from Vinegar Syndrome. If you want one, yeah, I'd watch it. You'd love it, yeah. Nathan. It's, it's it's a lot of it's it's bonkers, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. I'm very excited too because uh, I uh, found a copy of, of Werewolf Woman. Mm. So that's going to be my double. You whore! You whore! Watch that and Demonoid. Oh, cool! You won't be disappointed with Werewolf Woman. It is fantastic. You whore! She's a woman. She's a werewolf. She's a werewolf woman. Did you know it was released in some territories as Naked Werewolf Woman because her top comes off a lot. Yeah. Does it just fall off, or like does like? Demonoid uh, I don't. I don't think she. I don't think she. I don't think she bothers putting it on in the first place, really. So. Yeah. She kind of frogs around a campfire, doesn't she? Kind of, um, uh, you know, yeah. her lips are skew. You know, if she turns into a werewolf, she probably ruins a lot of tops. So she probably... Yeah. Yeah. 
I you know, just don't want to do that. Yeah, that is exactly. true. That is true. So, um, but yeah, no, you should definitely catch um, Demonoid. Uh, another couple of movies just to mention quickly was. Um, um, as I mentioned before, we get Love Film here, which is kind of like the DVD Blu-ray rental, and you have a long list of films, and you add them on, and then they send them to you. You, you can say if you want a high, medium, or low kind of priority, but uh, quite often you get like a little pattern of films coming through, and I, we've had a pattern of kind of early 70s British kind of thriller, psycho-thrillers coming through, and um, watched two of them recently. One was uh, Goodbye Gem Gemini. Uh, with uh, Judy Geeson and Martin Potter, I think, uh, playing as kind of potentially uh, psychotic twins in uh, early 70s, kind of, well, late 60s, early 70s, swinging London, um, who uh, one of them may be psychotic and or maybe both of them are psychotic. Uh, and there's a kind of a series, or I think it's a series or it's one murder, but there's, no, there's a series of murders uh, and you're not entirely sure who who's the killer until a certain point, but... Uh, that's um, that's quite entertaining. And then there was the other one, which was a similar, similar, uh, very similar, was um, uh, Straight On Till Morning, which is a Hammer film, but not like a normal, not a normal Hammer, but not like a gothic film. But again, that was from 1972, and it's got Rita Tushingham, who um, uh, British viewers may recognise. She's she's one of those kind of kitchen sink 1960s kitchen sink dramas about you know um, having babies out of wedlock and people standing around drinking <gasps> strong cups of tea and and um, in uh, headscarves and like tutting a lot. Uh, and um, she's in it, and she um, she plays a very sort of plain Jane kind of uh, sort of character who um, uh, falls in love with this very beautiful kind of man played by Shane Bryant who who is a serial killer and he kills um, uh, beautiful things like be anything that's pretty or beautiful he, he needs to kill them so she falls in love with him but because she's she's a bit ugly um, he quite likes her and he doesn't kill her and then she has this there's this amazing scene without giving too much away but there's an amazing scene where she has a makeover um, and um, she comes out looking looking like a cross between um, um, uh, the woman from Wendy Craig from Butterflies, which won't mean anything unless you're British from 1970s, yes. and Oddbod from Carry On Screaming. And she's got the most ridiculous kind of clothes and this ridiculous 70s wig. And um, uh, I would, can't, can't really tell if she's supposed to be looking ridiculous or she's supposed to be beautiful and it's really fashionable, but it does look absolutely ridiculous. But, um, but then she goes home and she's beautiful and then I, you can probably guess what happens. But... Uh, yeah, that was quite, uh, and both those are quite entertaining, but quite out there. That's a good movie. Hmm? I've seen it. Oh, I've seen, seen Straight On Till Morning. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, I thought it was really I, good. I, I thought it was really good, and I don't, I don't want to spoil anything, mm. but, I mean, the, uh, you know, it's definitely one of those kind of gut-punch endings. It is, and also it's got that scene with the dog, isn't it, which is kind of really horrible. Well, not it's not graphic, but it's kind of... Um, uh, you know, it's kind of, it's quite actually, it's one, one, of, one of those films that's actually rarely, well, one of the few films that's actually quite disturbing because I think it's, I think, it, I think, because the killer basically t um, tapes his murders by just on audio cassette uh, or reel to reel. And um, I think it's probably inspired by the Moors murders where they kind of, they tape some of the murders and um, he kind of tapes the, the killing of a dog. So you don't see anything, but you can hear it all and it's quite disturbing. Um, and sort of as it as it would be, but uh, but yeah, very very effective. So uh, yeah, that's that's well worth watching. Um, so uh, yeah, so that's kind of what I've been watching. So uh, let's um, let's well let's move on to the hitcher. So here is the trailer, and uh, Joseph will bring us back after this. <laughs> Thank you. 
heading west on the long, lonely highway, only his dreams for company, until... My mother told me never to do this. Before many miles, he'll wish he'd taken his mom's advice. When Jim Halsey let the hitcher into his car, he opened the doors of hell. What do you want? I want you to stop me. Once you've met the hitcher, you'll never pick up another. My wallet's in my pocket. Shut up! We know how to do it. Jesus! Why are you doing this to me? You're a smart kid. Figure it out. I didn't do it. I didn't do any of it. I'm not a killer. This morning, this guy tried to kill me, and he's been following me ever since. It's a dark, rainy night as young Jim Halsey drives along an endless stretch of desert highway. Up ahead looms a figure in the road, a hitcher. Jim stops with the stranger. At once, he regrets his action. The man with the transparent eyes and menacing smile is soon holding a knife to Jim's throat. The hitcher then tells Jim to pass a car on the side of the road. The passengers are already dead. The hitcher has killed them. Jim is finally able to shove the hitcher out the car door and is relieved that the terrifying situation is over. Some hours later, a car passes with three little kids in the back seat. The hitcher is smiling through the rear window. The journey into real terror has just begun for Jim Halsey, an unending nightmare filled with one horror scene after another as the deranged hitcher continues on his slaughterous rampage. And uh, I'd like to thank Matt Taft for picking this. Very exciting, very well-made thriller. I would hesitate to call it a slasher, though, although I can see why he picked it. It does follow some of those tropes. Uh, Not enough to call it a slasher, in my opinion, but there's little moments there, so um, I can definitely see why he picked this. Uh, This is more of a kind of a duel clone, and it's a duel between two kind of forces of nature. One is the C. Thomas Howell character as a kind of naive uh, guy on a road trip. And then the other is Rutger Hauer as uh, the uh, may or may not be named uh, John Ryder, um, who basically is the uh, titular hitcher. And I hesitate. I mean, he's obviously crazy, but from what I get, what I got from this film, it's like he seems more like a man who's on a kamikaze suicide mission. He has no past. He has no uh, fingerprints at all. So I'm wondering if he's just some lonely guy who decided he's going to commit suicide one day and decided, hey, I'm going to, you know, commit suicide in the most bizarre kind of murderous way I can and kind of go from one one car to another to see if I can find someone who will basically snuff out my life. 
And I think that's the whole point of the film is just him testing people to see if they'll kill him. And when they just when they won't do it, he ends up killing them until he comes upon, you know, uh, C. Thomas Howell's character, Jim Halsey, who basically I guess he sees something in the kid that, you know, he may end up taking his life. And that's what I got from the film, you know, personally. Um, I don't think I don't think he's just your kind of your typical psychopath, you know, doing this for kicks. There's like little moments in the film where he's, he genuinely looks like he wants to die. He's like, repeat after me, I want to die. But the way he says it, he's like, he's almost talking to himself. And he keeps telling, you know, uh, Jim Halsey, stop me. I want you to stop me. Um, so I thought there was kind of an interesting dynamic there. Um, I mean, some of the action set pieces, you know, with the car chases, I, I, I get bored with car chases, but they're really well done here. And, um, yeah, I mean, you can't really talk about the hitcher without talking about the the one scene with uh, jennifer jason lee where she's basically tied between a uh, an 18 wheeler and um another i guess it's another vehicle or something and um the cops happen upon that scene and basically see thomas howell's character has to get into the cab of the truck to kind of talk him down from you know basically ripping her apart but it doesn't doesn't end well for poor jennifer jason lee um, no, it's a very tense, uh, very tense thriller. Very kind of. After watching it again last night, I, I don't think I'd ever noticed the whole uh, back and forth between um, Rutger Hauer and C. Thomas Howell's more, "Hey, please kill me" kind of thing. I always just saw it as him, just kind of as a grinning psychopath. But I, I picked up on more of a. This guy seems like kind of a sad sack who just snapped and is looking for a way out sort of thing. And I, I really appreciated that about it, but um, and I do have a lot more to say, but for now let's turn it over to Nathan. Um, I really, really think the hitcher is a great film. Um, now um, I'm definitely going to say, I don't think it's a slasher movie by any stretch of the imagination. Um, to me, I agree with you. It feels more like a dual cat and mouse kind of thing. It, it to me is about as much of a slasher movie as dual would be. Um, but that being said, I mean, it's a fantastic film. Like the acting is great. And to be honest with you, that scene with Jennifer Jason Lee, like really bothered me the first time I watched it because it was very unexpected. And I really liked her character. So I didn't quite enjoy that scene at all. Um, but I mean, it's 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 the opening scenes I thought were were really well done as well. Actually, I was disappointed when the first time I watched it because like the whole opening was kind of spoiled for me when I watched it for the first time. But I thought if I, I had almost wished that I'd went into this movie knowing like nothing about it, and I think that I probably would have liked it even more than I already do. But um, I love the characters. Um, you know, and to me, there's just not a boring moment in this movie. Like, I'm, I'm never bored. I, you know, find it, you know, it opens very promising. And then, you know, the pace just, you know, is pretty brisk. So, you know, it gets uh, very high marks from me. Um, you know, love it. I can't think of anything really negative to say about it, to be honest. So, yeah. I mean... Great movie. Uh, I will say that Jennifer Jason Lee ordered a pair of shoes from the company I work for. And I think I've told that story before, but I wanted to tell it again oh. because she's in this movie. Oh, interesting. 
I hope that when I anyway. said all that stuff, I didn't sound really slow. Like <laughs> you did at times. You did at uh, times. Yeah, a little bit. It's, it's kind of like it's it's like a cross between the um, the robot from Buck Rogers and um, that share <laughs> song. You know, <laughs> you know that share song. Will I? That one when she's going ah, and her voice is all kind of funny. So um, yeah, yeah, but yeah. So I think we, if you, hopefully. We've taken every effort, everything we can do to try and to buck Skype up. I've I've just literally plugged myself into the LAN, um, and so we've got the best possible, a <laughs> <laughs> uh, best possible connection. But it's still Skype is still um, being a bit being a bitch. So we haven't had this for a while, but you know I think most of the time it's okay. And it's just kind of you know if you've wanted to hear Nathan sound like um, the the robot from Buck Rogers, then this is your chance. So. <laughs> So, so well, I'm so, very disappointed Eric. in Skype. <laughs> yes, yes, I as well. Eric, Eric, what is your thoughts on the hitcher? <laughs> sorry, I'm thoughts. sorry. What, what are your thoughts on the hitcher? Why? What did you say first? I said, what is your thoughts? I, All right, I okay. Myself, yeah. <laughs> Poor grammar, Buck. Um. Okay, I saw this one a lot back in the mid '80s. We had a cable channel called premiere that showed a lot of films from the 85 86 era uh, and this was one of them and i remember watching it a few times but thinking it was quite downbeat so i never kind of appreciated it at the time and uh, now this was the first time i'd seen it in 30 years or so and what struck me was how incredibly far-fetched the movie is uh, you were comparing it to jewel and and there is that comparison but i also saw a lot of terminator in there as well with rutger hauer in the arnold schwarzenegger role of the unstoppable killer who you know can somehow um take all this damage and still get up and come after the victims um and also he seems to have a a, a psychic um jason Voorhees type thing where he knows where all the people were going to be uh you know like the killer in ice who hides in the snowman <laughs> waiting for his victims to walk past uh, there's that level of absurdity to it um i think c thomas howell is a likable lead um i remember him uh thinking he was this big movie star at the time because he was in Soul Man and uh, Secret Admirer and also Grandview USA with the wonderful Jamie Lee Curtis and I'll hear no horsey jokes from you Joseph Hansen um, uh, so I had this big this idea that he was a big movie star but um, obviously he's Mr. Straight to Video these days but uh, at the time he was uh, the Brad Pitt of his day in my opinion. Uh, Rutger Hauer is terrific as, as the just this unstoppable evil killer with no redeeming qualities whatsoever uh, and like like Nathan and Joseph, I do not consider it a slasher movie in the slightest. I always thought it more of an action movie, to be honest. Um, uh, th there's so so many car chases and car crashes that it feels sort of like a uh, a, a more thriller, 18s rated version of Smokey and the Bandit at times. Um, uh, the ending, uh, I really like the ending. Uh, it does something similar to what they did at the end of Halloween 4 with um, a person in truck versus psycho killer on road. But uh, they do it in a, a much more uh, interesting and gratifying way, I found. Um, so the film, is it's not the downbeat uh, thriller I remember it being when I saw it when I was 13. Uh, it's actually an over-the-top fun um, thriller is is what it is uh, it's terrific and i was watching it on youtube actually and while the the resolution isn't great i was actually seeing it in widescreen for the first time because uh, obviously back in the 80s you'd only get to see these things in um a sort of a pan and scan uh four by three ratio uh, and it looks stunning i mean it, it's um 
really makes use of the landscape. Uh, it, it reminded me a lot of films like Death Valley or Hills of Eyes. Uh, I loved it. Um, and uh, much uh, a big improvement on last week's choice, I have to say, as much as I love my Edwige Fenech uh, Jallos. Um, so, yeah, my opinion has completely changed on The Hitcher from possibly considering it as a one watch movie back in the 80s. I would now it's one I could watch over and over, I would say. Uh, um, really good movie. Thumbs up. Cool. Ooh. Okay. And uh, Justin. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you, Joseph. And thank you, Eric. As you can hear, hopefully. <laughs> I'd like to just shout Justin. <laughs> now, hopefully, uh, the sound quality has improved. We've gone through um, uh, different hoops to try and. Uh, to get it to work. So now it's tethered to my phone, which is now balanced on the um, the skylight at the top of the house precariously. So who knows <laughs> what's going to happen? But okay, um, the Hitcher. Again, I, d- I don't think it's I don't it's not a slasher movie, but it's got like certainly slasher leanings. And I think when we get into some background, um, I think the film may have started off more of a slasher movie, and it was kind of tempered to be less so. And I think it has that definitely. It's almost it's kind of um, it's it's kind of preempting the the kind of the Michael Bay um, style kind of action movies, especially with like you know the car crash porn that kind of comes on a little bit later in the film, with the like the smoking the bandit like you mentioned kind of uh, uh, style kind of um, uh, car crashes and the pratfalls of all the police you know like the Blues Brothers or something like that isn't it all these kind of endless car crashes police cars uh, crashing everywhere. I mean one thing I did wonder that n- no one mentioned yet but I have seen written about about this film is it's kind of like whether or not there's this kind of like uh, whether or not the it was intentional but that kind of homoerotic kind of um uh, sort of uh, thing between the two characters um did you did you get that at all uh, why did that I picked up on like... <laughs> I picked up on a little bit like the point where he has the for one, he has the knife to his crotch and the way he just kind of grabs his face in the diner and puts the panties over his eyes and he's kind of almost caressing his face a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of, it, it, it's not it's not, it's not, not explicit in any ways, but I just kind of, it, it was almost, you know, it, in the same ways that Michael Myers kind of chooses Jamie Lee Curtis, his character, um, Laurie Strode, although for obviously very different reasons, it seems that um, uh, Rutger, Hauer's char- Rutger Hauer's character kind of... Um, uh, goes after Jim Halsey. He's kind of he fixates on him, doesn't he? Um, and I think it's very much like what Joseph was saying. It's very it's it's kind of painted as a it was kind of like a like not suicide by cop but suicide by serial murder spree, um, and just waiting for someone to kill him. So it's kind of got that nihilism in it, which could have been could have been overwhelming. And I think Eric Usel said it could have been it could have been very nihilistic. But it's it, it's too much fun, isn't it, to be particularly nihilistic. Um, but there's certainly from a um, from a uh, kind of world point of view, it's it's a nihilistic film, isn't it? It's it's about this guy who's who is this like monster who's just going out killing people, but he's just kind of on this nihilistic murder streak that he just wants to die. Um, but um, I I yeah I really like it. I mean I think it's a it's an entertaining film, and I, as you mentioned C. Thomas Howell is is a really um, likable lead, isn't he? I mean he was quite. I think he he's quite he must be quite young in this because I think he must have been only seventeen or eighteen maybe when he made he, this. I think he, I think he was yeah nineteen when they filmed twenty when it was released. Right. Okay. But so he actually kind of comes across really as that kind of wide-eyed kind of slightly, you know, because he he sort of says, doesn't he, that you know when Jennifer Jason Lee's character says, well, why did you pick him up? And he said, I just wanted to help him. So he was it was this altruistic kind of mo- this turn of fate that just turned went really bad. Um, I mean, it's it's kind of like it's kind of um, it, I won't say it's like a Jean Genet movie, as I, otherwise Eric will 
will um, God, but, it's like a cocktail movie. Yeah. Cocktail. No, but um, it was kind of, but it's kind of like Kafkaesque, I would say, uh, in so much you know, like the uh, Metamorphosis, where this kind of you know their story where the man slave turns into a beetle, and it becomes it's like a nightmare, isn't it? The film because it doesn't logically, it doesn't make a massive amount of sense. It's, it's relentless. I mean, he is relentless, but there's no reason. There's you know the irony is that if um, Jim Halsey had a cell phone. Uh, none of this would have happened. He would have probably, you know, he could have stopped it in its tracks. Um, but um, it's almost like Rutger Hauer has GPS. He's got like a GPS kind of um, thing stuck to mm. Jim Halsey because he just finds him. It's kind of like this shark, this kind of desert um, sand shark who just keeps going and he doesn't stop and he knows exactly where he's going to be. Um, and there's no real reason. You know, there's, there's, it's not really explained. It's kind of almost supernatural the way he kind of he can just find find him. Um, uh, I, and I mean that that in itself is quite quite scary. But it kind of yeah it it goes so over the top. Um, uh, you know all the police chases, the kill it. You know the again they kind of ripped off that um, in Halloween uh, at the end of Halloween four, wasn't it? They actually well they, as you mentioned that they ripped off you know the 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 scene of um, was it Halloween four or was it uh, when they, no was it Halloween five where they killed everyone all the police in the police station? That was Halloween five, but the Halloween four comparison I made was mm. the where she, where. She, She's in the truck and she's trying to run hit, run down Michael Myers and, mm. and that. But it's kind of you know they they looks like they ripped that, that that scene as well where they in the Halloween movies where they kind of uh, where uh, Rutger Hauer's um, character kills everyone in the police station and they find. Well, that that in itself has been ripped off from the Terminator as well. Yes, so. of course. Yeah, so it's it's all of all of that. I mean, I think it's a it's a really good film. It's not it's it's a slasher movie in so much it's a it is a cat and mouse kind of. Um, uh, murder spree movie um, uh, and you've got like Rucker Howard's his kind of you know his character's able to do all these things like putting the um, you know the famous kind of uh, finger in the french fries scene so yeah that like how did that finger get there yeah I mean seriously how, yeah, yeah so he, he must have known he must have been in the diner he must have followed it all these kind of things they don't make a great deal of sense but again it's this kind of it's almost I mean I'm not saying this is true but you know at the beginning of the film uh, C. Thomas Howell is kind of driving and he's falling asleep, isn't he? Um, yes. And he actually picks up um, the hitcher to, as a way to keep him awake in some ways. So you could argue the whole film is actually a, a dream nightmare. Um, or he fell asleep, crashed his car, and now he's in some kind of limbo, like one of those, you know, myriad yes. of movies that do that. Yeah, well, it's, I mean, it could be, you know, it's, but it's, um, but it's kind of, it's, it's like the film, it's, it doesn't make a great deal of um, real, real life sense. Um, but the, the scene with Jennifer Jason Lee is is shocking, and I was kind of you know talking to someone about, it and they said when they saw the film, they just couldn't believe they they would do that. It's not the kind of film, not the kind of thing you would expect in a in a Hollywood um, sort of teen sort of uh, horror movie. Although I suppose it's not really a teen horror movie, but certainly it would have been playing for kind of like a teen audience in the mid eighties. Um, yeah, I think it's a it's a um, you know it, it is genuinely horrific in places, especially the I mean I think it's quite chilling the the scene. At the beginning with um, Rutger Howe, when he's talking to him, and he says, he, you know, when he drives past that Volkswagen Beetle and the guy, you know, he's, he knows something's wrong. And he sort of said, I cut off his arms, I cut off his legs and I cut off his head. Um, you know, and the way he says it, it's just kind of, you know, I mean, yeah, I, I thought it was interesting. I and mean, we got onto the background and sort of talk about sort of some of the other people that were up for that role. But uh, I, th- I can't really imagine anyone else doing that role. I mean, Sean Bean in the remake is a, is a fine actor, but he certainly, you know, uh, Rutger Howe was... Um, yeah, you know, has that kind of. Uh, I don't know. It's almost. I can maybe because his role in uh, he was in Blade Runner, wasn't he? Um, 
uh, yeah. and uh, is almost that kind of uh, that robotic feel to him in this as well. But uh, yeah, no, it's, it's a great movie. I, I think it's you know it's outside of our wheel, slash your wheelhouse to some degree, but it's yeah, it's good. And also the fact is we've gone five minutes without a Skype fuck up, so that's some kind of record. Yay! Yay! So um, <laughs> we need some celebratory music. Well, how about? Oh no! It's, yes. Well, let's do. We or we should we celebrate with Eric's joke of the week, if you like. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, God, I can't find a thing now. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Where's <laughs> it? Oh. Oh, oh just. No. Oh no! What have I done with it? <laughs> you whore! No, it's not that one. No. 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 Oh, Justin, this is a. Okay, so why was Rutger Hauer's character so determined to punish young Jim Halsey? Because he was suffering from irritable howl syndrome. That was quite good, actually, I thought. Thank you. Yeah, I did too. (laughs) Yeah, that was one of your better ones. Yay! So I'm not even going to press the tumbleweed. Oh no! Hold on. Did you notice? <laughs> did you notice there is actually a tumbleweed in the hitcher? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's waiting on your joke. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So anyway, so that was to celebrate um, now ten minutes perhaps of uh, of perfect sound. So um, hooray! So okay, well, um, some background. So um, Joseph, do you want to go first? This is your pick. Yes. Um, apparently, it was made on an estimated budget of six million dollars. Uh, its opening weekend gross was about two point one million. It only grossed about five point eight, so it kind of fell short of the six million dollar budget. So I guess you consider this a box office uh, kind of a bomb, maybe. Uh, although it has gained a cult status over the years. C. Thomas Howell admitted that he was actually afraid of Rutger Hauer on and off the set because of the actor's kind of his general general intensity. Uh, in Rutger Hauer's book, All Those, All Those Moments, uh, he discusses how producer Ed Feldman settled on Sam Elliott for the role of John Ryder. Uh, Hauer stated in the book that apparently Elliott was so scary when he came in to audition that Edward uh, Feldman was afraid to go out to his car afterward. Uh, Sam Elliott got the role but had a scheduling conflict and had to back out of the role at the last minute, so they went with uh, Rutger Hauer. Uh, Entertainment Weekly ranked this as the 19th scariest movie of all time. Interesting. Uh, Fox ultimately uh, rejected the project over the budget and saw it as a straight-out horror film. David Madden also admitted that he would have argued to soften the movie a little. There were some people at the studio who thought it was pretty gross. Ed Feldman and Charles Meeker optioned the film themselves, paying Eric Redd $25,000 for his screenplay. Uh, major studios like Universal Pictures and Warner Brothers passed on it, as did smaller ones like uh, Orion Pictures and New World Pictures. Uh, many executives liked the script but balked at the girl being ripped apart uh, sequence with uh, Jennifer Jason Lee. At least two studios were willing to consider making it, but only if Robert Harmon was replaced. But the film's producers had faith in their director, so they stuck by Harmon. And I don't know how true this is, but apparently 43rd president of the United States, George W. Bush, uh, apparently he served on the board of the company that made the film, which that's kind of interesting. 
Uh, and this is one of the few films that Roger Ebert gave zero stars to, and he's quoted as saying, the movie is diseased and corrupt. I would have admired it more if it had found the courage to acknowledge the real relationship it was portraying between Hal and Rutger. But no, it prefers to disguise itself as a violent thriller, and on that level, it is reprehensible. And uh, I would disagree. I think it did a fine job of uh, kind of going back and forth between their relationship, but that's just me. Uh, that's pretty much all the background I have on the film. Okay, interested. What do you think he meant by real relationship? Do you think he meant the the homoerotic I mean, well, maybe because earlier in his review he mentioned that there was kind of a kind of a sadomasochistic kind of back and forth going on between uh, C. Thomas Allen Rutgerhauer, but it's kind of downplayed. So I think maybe he wanted to see more of that. Hmm. I don't know. Interesting. Okay. Well, thank you, Joseph. He uh, wanted to see bomb action. <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh, Eric. <laughs> um, thank you. Thank you for that, uh, Barry Norman. Um, <laughs> so, uh, um, Eric, what are your thoughts apart from bum uh, action? <laughs> I have very few thoughts apart from that. Oh, um, you, yeah. <laughs> apparently the inspiration uh, for the script that Eric Red wrote was the Doors song, The Hitchhiker. Um, uh, you mentioned Sam Elliott. Did you mention Terence Stamp was also considered for the role, Joseph? Hello. I don't believe he did. Are we still? Do we have Joseph? Okay. He might have muted himself. All right. Okay. Um, when Eric Red was writing the script, the vision he had in his head of uh, what the Hitcher should look like was Keith Richards from the Rolling Stones, which would have been quite a different movie, I think. Um, that would have been very else? scary. <laughs> it probably would. Yeah. Uh, Harmon was first offered the script in February of 1984 by the producer uh, Ed Feldman, but they couldn't get the financing. It took over a year. They originally wanted. Um, Sydney Fury, the producer, MGM, sorry, originally wanted Sydney Fury, who made the entity to direct it, but um, uh, Feldman held out and they eventually, as Joseph said, filmed it for $6 million in 1985 uh, for 48 days. Uh, in an early draft of the script, uh, Howell was meant to find an eyeball in his chips, or his french fries, as you would say in the States, uh, rather than the finger. Um, uh, Joseph was saying it was released in February on February 21st, 1986, and he was saying it didn't do very well. It actually debuted at number eight in the box office charts, so it was well down. Um, and Robert Harmon had started his career as a still photographer, uh, and he had worked on the set of Tourist Trap, Hell Night, Fade to Black, and everyone's favourite um, roller disco movie, Roller Boogie, with Linda Blair. Um, so that's uh, I think that's all I have. I had a lot of the stuff that... Um, Joseph said as well. So, cool. Okay, we'll hand it over to you, Nathan. Do you have any background? No. <laughs> Yay! Yay! All right. It sounds even sadder than usual. Yeah. <laughs> and not even in slow motion. So here we go. We should be. On, we're on a roll now. Um, uh, you've covered most of the things, but one of the things I was going to mention was that um, the script was originally uh, completed in early 1983, which. Um, had it been made in 83, 84, it would, would have sat very much in the kind of early 80s slasher movie uh, sort of time frame. 
But of course, as we said, the film's not really a slasher movie, but um, the things I read were saying that um, changes were made to the script um, to make the violence less repetitive um, and make it less of a slasher movie. So it would be interesting to actually see um, Eric read when he wrote the script whether or not he actually wrote it as a slasher movie or, or certainly to to kind of capitalise again on what was, you know, uh, probably by 1983 it was coming to the tail end of the kind of slasher movie boom. But... Um, uh, I, you know, it certainly, it certainly easily could have become more of a slasher movie if you put in a few more stalking scenes or uh, things like that in there. That may, that may have made it more so. But um, uh, I did. There was, um, I didn't get a chance to get out, but I know there was quite a big piece in Fangoria back in the day on the Hitcher. That was the one I was reading, yeah. Oh, was it? So you got you got bits and pieces from that, did you? Yeah. So, yeah. The other thing I saw that was um, the other person who was uh, considered for the 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 role of the baddie was also David Bowie. Um, oh, really? Yeah. I mean, I don't think if he was ever approached to play the role, but um, I did read that he was he you know which would have been would have been interesting. I'm not sure. Um, he certainly would have been in the play. Is that kind of slightly otherworldly, kind of weird weird way? But whether or not he would have been able to be. Um, uh, as menacing as Rutger Hauer was, and sort of doing the kind of action, more action scenes. I, I don't know, but that would have been a, that would have been an interesting movie, wouldn't it, with David Bowie playing uh, mm. uh, playing the character. Um, but uh, I think that's kind of um, seems there's anything else that I've got. Um, I think we've kind of covered everything else pretty much. Uh, to seeing if there's anything else. I'm assuming. Got. I'm assuming that, like in the long run, the film was a financial success because it's had a huge cult following for 30 years. Uh, I, I'm surprised actually reading the box office tally for it. Mm. That was so poor. Well, it's also it had a sequel, didn't it? So has anyone actually yeah. seen the sequel? No. No, Joseph. Uh, no. no, I think it had. Uh, I think it had Jake Busey as the as the yeah. new hitcher. Yeah, and but I never watched it. See, Thomas Howell was back again. What was the tagline again in it? Uh, it was the Hitcher Two. Don't and let's see, I've been waiting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Two thousand and three. It's uh, four point three out of ten on IMDb from nearly three thousand reviews. Okay. So. Okay. And what about the the remake? Has anyone seen? I I've, I'm pretty sure I, I saw. I saw the remake in the cinema. Yeah, I can't remember much about it. I don't think it was. I don't remember it being awful, but no. I don't remember it being that engaging either. No. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of on with Eric on that one. I kind of remember it. Um, I, th- I think it was ultimately forgettable, obviously. But um, if I'm remembering right, the truck scene was a guy instead of a girl the, in the remake. Okay, okay, interesting. Yeah, no, I've, I, I, I've, I'm sure I've seen it. But then um, I sometimes I was <coughs> watch films and then... Uh, Another film I saw uh, this recently, which I hadn't, uh, I thought I'd seen before, was the Jose Larez's Vampires, the one with the lesbian vampire movie, um, the kind of quite oh, yeah. one. Mm. And I, I was sure I'd seen it before, but I was watching because I, I was watching it and I realised I'd never seen it before. I've just seen clips and read about it and seen it on the Jonathan, Jonathan Ross, the incredibly strange movies, all that that kind of thing. So you know, you get like a. Sometimes you get you think you've seen a movie and it's not until you actually watch it you realise you've never actually watched it. You just you just kind of presume you've seen it. Um, so, did you like it? What vampires? Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's a great movie. I think it's kind of it's, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, I, mean, I, I didn't think I was going to like it because I'm not a huge vampire movie fan, but that movie's just so out there. I really liked it too. Is that the one that's made in Belgium? No, that's no. Daughters of Darkness. Oh, sorry, um, yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, which is another which I just put in love film because I saw that on the big screen at some um, uh, some uh, like a film festival some years ago. Uh, and that's that's really good. I like I like that one. But vampires is more, 
it's kind of uh, it's yeah it's quite sort of not, it's kind of a little bit campy but it's kind of uh, very very gory and lots mm. and lots of boobs and uh, boobs and butts and you know if, if that's your kind of thing of ladies covered in blood and big boobs then you know you have a well of time but even if not it's still quite quite entertaining um so well that's the kind of hitcher i kind of guess um is there anything else we want to say about the movie before we move on and make luxuriating in a, a skype free you know well kind of fuck up free uh time yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> um Anything I else? I can't think of anything. No, no. Did, did you guys watch it in, in, in widescreen or were you watching VHS versions? or? I watched on t- the DVD. Yeah, it's, it's not out on Blu-ray, is it? Not in the, not in the UK. I don't think so, no. No, I got it, so I got it on Love Film. So we got, we got the Blu-ray through on, uh, last week, so I watched it then. Uh, so, But I'm surprised it's not on Blu-ray. Mm. It just makes a big difference seeing it in widescreen. I, I, mm. But that was my impression when I saw it. I was like, wow, mm. this, this looks stunning. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely so. Cool. Okay. Well, um, let's um, let's kind of move on. So, um, sort of feedback. So, uh, Joseph, do you want to regale us uh, now? You can without Skype being a bitch um, about what yes. people thought of uh, the Hitcher. This is from the Facebook. We have a few things here. Uh, Dave Rendon says, "Saw this one at the good old Two Screen Stoneham Cinema, which will open as a Target on the twenty third of this month." Uh, with the with the future wife, the idea of what could happen if you picked up a hitchhiker was still very real and drove the point home. Poor C. Thomas Howell just wanted to ease the monotony of a long drive, as certain podcasts didn't exist at the time, and picks up the world's worst passenger. A wild mix of Duel, Halloween, Mad Max, and The Terminator ensues. Fantastic action sequences, a haunting and dangerous Rutger Hauer as a nearly unstoppable yet strangely charismatic force of nature, and the doomed Jennifer Jason Lee meeting a terrible end. Skip the sequel and remake. This was post-slasher 80s at its best. Two French fried fingers up. Bob Hartshorn says, caught this one back in the day on its opening weekend in Blighty. I thought it was a scary, exciting, and completely ridiculous ride with two great performances, courtesy of Mr. Howell and Mr. Howell, cementing it all together. Repeat viewings have not changed that opinion. Those plot holes could eclipse the Death Star, but it's still a (laughs) gnarly and exciting road trip to hell via Disneyland. Special mention must go to poor Jennifer Jason Lee for one of the least deserving and harshest of screen demises ever committed to film. Nasty, nasty, nasty. Otherwise, a fun roller coaster horror film. Jenny Hall Cameron says, I remember trying to find pictures of Nash to get my hair cut like her and couldn't find it. I haven't been on Twitter for a long time, but when I did, Eric Red was on when I did, Eric Red was on a lot. This movie is great. Great acting and very atmospheric. Rutger Hauer and C. Thomas Howell played really well off each other. Vaughn Colmere says it's not a slasher film, but does have elements of a slasher film. Rutger Hauer gives the powerhouse gives a powerhouse performance. He's fucking awesome in this movie. When I saw this when I was a kid, and it still holds up today because it still freaks me out a little a bit, and I'm close to forty. Uh, okay, Brennan Klein says one of the best opening scenes of all time. Then an unflinching unflinching action horror hybrid for the rest of it. Great stuff. Chris Bennett says I just watched this movie for the first time last night. Weird. And finally, Mike, Mike Paul Sanders says, good movie, but it felt edited down too much. I'd rather watch the gorier remake instead. <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. 
God. Now, Mark, Mike Paul Sanders is eating Eric. <laughs> and that's a he hint wishes. towards the our next uh, Patreon pick, isn't it? Yes, it is. Have we already announced it? I think we did on the Patreon. Yes, episode, we yeah. have. Yes, okay. and on Facebook as well. So cool. Okay. Well, as we well, we'll talk about that in one second. But thank you, everyone who wrote in. That's um, uh, it's fant- always fantastic to to hear your thoughts. And I, given that we've only recorded last week, I guess we haven't got any feedback, have we? I do. I've got one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, this is from scroll, 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 scroll. Mark from Dundee, which is in Scotland, and where cake comes from. Um, I've just discovered your podcast five days ago and I'm already on episode 11, The House on Sorority Row. I'm addicted to slasher films and horror films in general and have a huge interest in the video nasty scandal. You guys are also entertaining and I love listening to the episodes of films I'm not aware of as it makes me seek them all out. Um, Well, watch out for those ones when it gets into sort of the deepest, darkest reaches of Nathan's DVD collection. Watch out. You know, you don't want to be watching Axum or Blood Lake or... Any, no, in my defense, I didn't pick Axum. <laughs> That's true. I did That's pick Blood Lake. Yeah, that is true. Anyway, Mark goes on to say, I'm constantly laughing and look forward to catching up with every episode. Also, would it be possible to have a link to Justin's Saturday Night Cleaver? Justin, is that still out there in the ether somewhere? Uh, yeah, I think it is, yes. Um, I will uh, endeavour to put that up. Yes. Okay. Mm. Okay. So, and he said, uh, that's Mark goes on to say, thanks so much for keeping me entertained. So, Mark from Dundee in Scotland. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Mark. Yes. What so, is- to remind us of Saturday Night Cleaver, it is, is it music or is it songs from films? It's a mixture. It's mostly songs. Okay. It's, so, it's songs from like, it's like the bands in slasher movies. Yeah. Know, like the ones mm. in the House on Sorority Row and um, yeah. in, uh, oh, God, what's that one? The, the sick, fuck, sick Fucks in. Um, Oh, God, what's it feel? Uh, Alone in the Dark. Alone in the Dark, that's the one. Yeah, just uh, that. Does it have the Gangster Rock from Graduation Day on it? I think it does, yeah, and it has sort of like linked together with um, dialogue. It's all a bit, because it's all taken from VHS, so it's all a bit, well, I suppose it's really lo-fi now, isn't it, and probably Mm. quite trendy, but it's, um, yeah, it's... uh, labor of love from many many moons ago but yeah i'll put that back back up if, if i've still got a link so uh excellent well thank you everyone for writing in um uh nathan did you want to do your after the credits oh yeah oh uh, well i mean it's uh, since there is a sequel i guess people probably already know what happened after the credits mm-hmm. but um if we pretend that sequel didn't happen um do you guys think that Jim went on to live a healthy life filled uh, with religious fulfillment? I think he would have been quite traumatized, wouldn't he? I would think. I mean, I would, I would agree with that. I think he'd be very traumatized. I'd probably have nightmares the rest of my life. I'd have to get on that, you know, that medication from Nightmare on Elm Street Part Three, that drug oh, yeah. or whatever it's yeah. called, hypnosil. Um, hypnosil. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to. I'd love a little coder at the end where he kind of delivers the car to the person in California. <laughs> yeah, it's in bits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, That'd sorry. be awesome. It'd be like that scene. It'd be like the scene in Friday the Thirteenth Part Three where it's like, yeah, we ran into a motorcycle gang, but Shelley showed him the error of your ways. Yeah. Um, yeah, so <laughs> that person be like my car. I know. You know, it's like if you return a hire car after after you've driven it, and you know there's a slight scratch, and you they're walking yeah. around it looking, you're hoping they don't see it. I'm but, quite familiar with that sensation. <laughs> yes, but I imagine that he wouldn't. But yeah, 
because it gets set on fire, doesn't it? It gets it crashes into a bus. It's kind of um, yeah, the, the stuff. The, yeah, the rear bumper comes off at some stage. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, but as I say, there was a sequel. Maybe I'll catch up the sequel at some point. But I kind of it just seems a bit odd, doesn't it? To sort of you know, I suppose you couldn't really get Rutger Howard back. Although as I say, it's kind of potentially uh, you could argue it has some kind of supernatural angle to it. Um, mm. Just in the way he's, he's kind of unstoppable, you know, he's omnipresent. Um, but uh, I, they, I did one other little thing that I remember reading was that um, when they're talking about the the studios trying to soften it and um, they refuse or they fought very hard to keep it hard edged, they'd actually said one way of softening Jennifer Jason Lee's death would be to have a, a end on a um, funeral um, to sort of somehow give it kind of closure or make you know not have that. Uh, you know, because the thing is, ultimately, he kind of he fucked up, didn't he? Because if he'd or or did he? You know, because in the scene where she's she's there, there and he gets into the front cab with Rutger Hauer's character, yeah. And um, mm. if he shot him, um, would would his foot would he have? What would have happened then if he had shot him in the head and he died? Yeah, well, well, they're saying that yeah, his his foot with hitting accelerator or something. No, his foot's on the clutch. So, so if his if he's he doesn't have any muscle musculature in his leg. His, his foot's going to slip off the clutch. And it's going to cause the truck to roll forward just a little bit enough to pull her in half. So she was doomed either way. Right. Okay. Couldn't the cops have just shot like the, the chains or ropes or whatever. That's what I was thinking. Surely there was, there was something more that could have been done. I mean, like, and why didn't see Thomas Howard? Like once, once, he, once he ripped her apart, why didn't he just shoot at worker Howard and say, okay, fuck that. I'm going to kill you now. Hmm. It's, oh. yes, pon- pondering, pondering, but, uh, yeah. Um, it's a mystery. It's a mystery. As Toya once sang. There you go, that's what's at your end of, of show um, music can be. Uh, no, we've already got music, haven't we, to end the show with, I think. Uh, what did you end the show? Did you end the show with Susie last week in the end? Uh, you'd have to listen. <sighs> <laughs> I think you did, actually. Yeah, and it was my show, it was my pick. Well, it wasn't my pick, but it was my turn. Yeah, but Eric, when you get to recording the shows and doing all the editing, then you can choose the music. You don't do any editing. You just put it out as it is, with I all do the mistakes not. included. You do. Hardly. Well, this one is going to need a fuck of a lot of editing to make it legible. <laughs> well, it sounds like, say, it sounds like that share song, which I'll probably end the end the <laughs> podcast with now. I think that's probably going to be the most fitting end with some gypsies, some... tramps, and thieves. No, the one with that believe, that believe yeah. you know, where it's going to believe in love. <laughs> <laughs> so, At least she's not auto tuned in that. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear! Oh, okay. oh no! Children say the funniest things. <laughs> <laughs> I like share though, so I'm not hating. No, we're not hating, but it's just saying it just sound like those because it had yeah. loads of all of that stuff um, at the time, wasn't it? It all had like those silly sound effects. Was it space as well? Whatever they could not space. Um, uh, Daft Punk. They had that as well, didn't? They? Anyway, yeah. Joseph, do you want to do? Uh, have you got an episode of your game? Yes. Uh, no one got it right last time, so here's some more clues to the same movie. Okay. Uh, clue clue number one is poor dog. Clue number two is Toya. not loud, but. And clue number three is bear hug. Oh. Oh. Mm. Okay. I wonder. I wonder. Mm. Anyway, that's that's uh, dead air is always good for a podcast. So, 
Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, if you want to play, then play along on the Facebook group. Um, but also, this is how to get in touch with the show and let us know. We're going to tell you what we're going to be covering next, and we're going to have a very, very special guest next uh, time. So this is how to get in contact with the show. The content of this podcast was provided by Justin Kurzweil, Eric Frillfall, Nathan Johnson, and Joseph Henson. If you enjoy our program and are willing and able to provide a donation, please visit us on Patreon and become a content-designated subscriber. That's patreon.com forward slash the hysteria continues. For non-subscriber PayPal donations and general feedback, our address is the.hysteria.continues at gmail.com. To listen and interact, simply search for The Hysteria Continues on iTunes, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Susie versus Toya forever. Excellent, and please do get in contact with the show. We're going to be recording our next Patreon pick, as we've uh, already announced, it's going to be Troll Two, um, which will be free only to and only available to Patreon uh, supporters. So, um, and you can support the show for as little as two hundred dollars. Um, <laughs> no, no, as little as. <laughs> As little as fifty cents. I don't know how what the the, the smallest amount is, but you can uh, you know if you can just throw a dollar, a dollar, a few she- shekels. I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> then it helps helps us keep up to the level professionalism that we 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 hold ourselves <laughs> on a pedestal to. So um, so uh, you know, please do, and then you can enjoy our our witterings about um, burial ground troll two and whatever comes after that. So, um, but next time, whose pick is it next time? It is mine. Nathan. It is Nathan. And what are you picking, Nathan? Well, I thought I would take us all on a fall break to oh. visit the mutilator. And next episode, we're going to be joined by a very, very special guest, Ewan from Arrow Video, who's going to be joining us uh, to talk about the mutilator. And Ewan worked on the extras for the mutilator uh, for Arrow's release um, a few, uh, well, last year, I think it was. So, yeah, yeah really excited. Yeah, you can do all the background. Exactly. Oh, what was that? Was that a dog? Sorry about that. That was my dog deciding to shake. <laughs> that's okay that's okay so um yeah so we're all going to be going on a full break so what are we playing out with uh joseph toya it's a mystery by toya well so- i'll tell you what if you want to add something to the end of this it's fine but what i picked is a song called the hitchhiker by okay. dog fashion disco okay all right i've never heard of them yeah hmm. Okay, well, we shall play out with some of that, and we may have a little bit extra at the end, so uh, listen for some outtakes, as per usual. But, uh, yeah, we'll say goodbye to the good people. Goodbye, good people. Bye, good goodbye. people. Goodbye. Goodbye. So, Maybe he's eating hardy. <laughs> or eating out hardy. Um... Well, we just have to play it by ear, and hopefully it's not a clusterfuck. It won't be another Bloody Moon episode. Although we're, <laughs> we're probably due for one of those, aren't we? God! Oh my God, the delay is unreal! <laughs> that's because that's he had to, because you were putting on Susie records. You had to leave. You had no choice. But, All right, Darlene! That's what he's like. This precious little barb action. Come on, Justin, you proper schlag. I can hear you. Oh, sorry. Here we go. Let's see how cunty it is now. (laughs) (laughs) Is that going to be left in or are you going to edit that out? (laughs) And then Justin couldn't compose himself at all. (laughs) Oh, my God. 
Stop, stop. This is the okay. best episode ever. <laughs> I just this is the only episode to make me cry.